Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. We are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we have Warren Dresner with us. Warren is a founding partner at Equity Yield. They are a multifamily syndicator um, specifically focusing on new builds. So I'm uh, I'm interested in this. And so, Warren, thanks for hopping on the show and, and talking shop. Thanks for having me, Gabe. Absolutely. I, uh, I told you before we hopped on here, we like to hear kind of how people got into real estate in the beginning. We always start with stories. So why don't you take us to yours? How'd you get into real estate in the first place? Sure. So uh, I've always had a W-2 job. I, I came through a, a career in finance and insurance. Um, I'm from Australia originally, but I did move around, lived in the UK for a while, now based in the US. But having a job with a decent, stable income, at some point in time, I started to look for tax benefits. And I got into real estate because of that. Mm. I heard that buying a single family home came with some tax benefits, depreciation that could offset my income. And, and that's really got what got me into the industry, into real estate. Hmm. After that, you I came started... specifically for tax benefits. I feel yeah. like you're the first person who did that. It was pretty cool. Was... <laughs> but then it was all about passive income and yeah. started to invest more in single family homes, looking for more passive income. Hmm. When I arrived in the US uh, in 2019, I discovered multifamily. Um, it's not something that exists in, in other parts of the world necessarily, but in the US. Really? It's a, yeah, it's a really big thing in the US and it's kind of unique, I think. Huh. Uh, at least in Australia, there's, there's no such thing as multifamily. Usually when they build these big buildings, big complexes, they're condos. They convert them into condos and they sell individually. So the idea that you could build 200 units and have a single owner who rents all 200 units to me was quite a unique concept, but it was a really, you guys don't have a renter base in Australia. That's not like a a thing. People rent, they do rent, but what tends to happen is a developer will build a big complex. Often they will sell, they'll pre-sell some of the units to raise funds for the construction but they'll pre-sell the units to individuals. So we owned some condos, some of those types of condos, and we then rented it to a single renter. But it just aggregated like it is in the US. Right. So in Australia, it's like, you know, you'll still see the big apartment complexes, but each one of those uh, apartment units is owned by an individual unit who then rents it out to somebody else. Exactly. I mean, and there may be some people that own it that live in it themselves. They don't have to be rented. It's kind of a myth. Um, but I, but I kind of discovered that in the U S and it's a really powerful part of real estate investing because you get these aggregated benefits, you get economies of scale and all of a sudden you don't have to just buy a house because you've only got a hundred thousand dollars. You can actually buy a small piece of a bigger investment, a bigger complex. Um, and that really interested me. So I started investing in, in apartment syndications and then slowly over time started to get more active in the space and found a partner together we formed a company and we started actively creating these syndications as well killer man i love it i like kind of the arc of your uh, of your career there you started out your w2 moving from country to country you you know australia to uk to us 
Um, you started in single families. How long were you in single families for? What, what did you, uh, what were you doing there? So started in 2010 and sold the last one in 2019. So it was probably nine years. Um, really it was just buy and hold. So at some point we probably owned seven single family homes. So it was never outrageously big, but, um, what I noticed with that was there's a lot of work involved. I mean, it's yes. so-called passive, but actually it takes a lot of effort. And, and that was another big attraction of the syndications that it didn't have to be as active. I mean, it was very much a passive investment. I, I gave my money, I collected my checks. That was about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I've said this so many times on the show, um, people who, you know, I, I'm no, no hard feelings for people who invest in single family, but that is where most people start. And it is by far the hardest thing to do in real estate is, is doing flips and owning single family homes. It's like, it's, uh, it's funny that way. Um, but that's cool. So you went on from single families. I mean, it sounds like you started in 2010 and you ended, you sold just recently in 2020. You said that is, you just gained all of that value right there. That was the perfect exit, perfect entry. Um, and, and then, (laughs) uh, you need some luck on your side for sure. Yeah, for sure. There's always an element of luck in anybody's success story. Um, well, then you went into, you started in, in syndication by investing in other people's projects. So tell me a little bit more about that. How did you find the, the, uh, the projects? How'd you find the, the, um, the GPs? So that was, I mean, that was a challenge. I, I guess it must've been bigger pockets in the beginning. Mm. I was, I was hungry for information. I had heard about this concept and I just wanted to learn more about it. So I remember in the early days, I discovered bigger pockets and I was on the forums reading everything in the early stages. I bought books. I listened to podcasts. Um, I really got educated first and I'm not the kind of person that's going to overanalyze and not jump in. Like I, I like to do my education, but I was keen to jump in. And so at some point, I wanted to find out who the sponsors are and mm. that wasn't easy in the beginning. I think I, I looked through bigger pockets and I tried to find people who were advertising themselves as sponsors and I made contact and got on the phone with them and met them that way. Um, and I invested in a couple of syndications early on that probably weren't the best. And <laughs> I, I think I learned from it. I probably jumped in, I don't know, with the wrong people that I didn't necessarily know, didn't necessarily trust. Um, you kind of mentioned about, you know, 2010 to 2020 has been a golden age for real estate in general, and it's true in multifamily too. So I haven't lost money from those investments, but they didn't go as planned. Like the, the big disappointment for me was that they presented a business plan and said, this is what we're going to do. And they didn't do anything near to what they were promising. And the communication wasn't great. And so I didn't necessarily have a great experience with some of those guys. But on the other hand, I invested with others who were awesome and they kind of showed me how it should be done. They communicated amazingly well. They stuck to their business plan. The communication was always in comparison to the business plan so you could see where they were at and why they were doing what they were doing. So I had some good stories, um, good experiences and bad experiences, but it it was all a learning experience. Yeah, well, it's good to have that bad experience because now going into your own syndications, being the GP on a project, you can kind of see what you don't want to do. You can see what you, what, what worked well and what didn't work well. Absolutely. And that's very much how we've kind of formed our strategy. My partner and I, 
it's based on our experiences. My experience has been more of an investor over time. He's actually comes from the construction industry. So he used oh, to build retail, retail malls and multifamily. So he's got a lot of good experiences as well. And yeah. you mentioned at the beginning that we're focused on newer buildings. A lot of that's got to do with his experience. He's seen those old buildings, the old systems, the problems that you get with some of the old buildings. So we're kind of combining his experience on the construction side, my experience on the investment side, and that kind of formed our investment thesis. Oh yeah, I would take new build any day over uh, over something, even with better returns, because just the headache you have to deal with for for those Absolutely. old buildings is just no bueno. Absolutely. So before we jump into kind of what you're doing today, you know, the active investing, um, buying, you know, doing the new builds, I want to talk a little bit about your your experience as a passive investor. Um, so you you said you went into some projects that weren't so good. You went into some projects that were, you know, really really great. How do you, how did you go about deciding, you know, once you kind of found those good, um, good investors, how did you go about finding them and then deciding which, which investors you should be putting your money with? Uh, so it's kind of complicated and I guess there are lots of levels to that. First one is interpersonal. I think I always try to talk to the sponsor, get to know them. And I've got a philosophy in life that I, I don't want to be doing business or dealing with people I don't necessarily like or mm. don't necessarily along with so that was the first good thing. rule that's a good rule i think I've, I've done it in the past and realized you don't have to do business that way yeah. so that's the first step i wanted to just get a sense whether i felt they were trustworthy whether i felt like they were good at what they were doing and and whether we could get along with each other so that was probably the first thing yep. I, I did try and make other connections with other investors and try and get feedback on who they've invested with and which are the good sponsors and which are the bad sponsors so I tried to get a bit of peer feedback, I guess, as well. Then I started to think much more carefully about the markets I wanted to be investing in. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, it, it wasn't front of mind, but after a while I realized there are some good places you can invest in that are going to give you great tailwinds and just the market is going to push you along. And there are other places where you don't necessarily have those tailwinds. So I started thinking more carefully about where do I want to be invested and you know, I made an investment in Texas, in Dallas, and that was great. It's a great market. But I started thinking, well, I don't want to make the next one in Dallas. I want to start to diversify. What other good markets are there? So I started to think about having more of a spread of investments. And then finally, I guess it came down to the assets specifically. And I'd, I'm kind of a numbers guy, so I'd look at the returns and think whether it makes sense um, and focused on that specific asset or that specific business plan. Makes sense. And multifamily was where you kind of, you know, rested your hat. Yeah. I, I love the multifamily industry. I think it makes so much sense. You get these economies of scale. There's a real need for housing. Um, what I'm starting to think about is should I diversify away from multifamily? Because just like I was geographically diversified within multifamily, now's probably the time where I need to think like, what else is there? Should I invest in storage or retail or industrial that's it's not something i've done yet but it's definitely on my mind well storage is what we do over here and so uh, i am a huge huge fan of storage uh just gonna leave it at that if if you're looking at storage i say go go that route all right Um, sounds good cool so let's uh let's talk a little bit about what you guys are doing today you're doing new builds that is really exciting um it's also different because not a lot of people are involved in new builds most people buy you know buy older 
facilities, um, you know, fix them up and then, and then rent them out. What, what, I'm sure you've seen both sides. What is the, uh, the, the pros and cons of doing new builds? So when I say new build, I don't mean some, I don't mean new construction necessarily. Okay. Um, but I mean a newer product. So mm-hmm. we will build stuff that's built 1990 onwards. We'll go gotcha. back to 1985, but our sweet spot, what we love is a building that might've been built in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's about 20 years old. It's good, solid construction, but it's starting to look a little dated. So We've got confidence in the systems. We've got confidence in the construction. But there's an opportunity to upgrade the kitchens now because they're 20 years old and they could probably use a little love, maybe add a technology package, do something that's going to add value and allow us to push rents. So we're still very much looking at a value-add play where we're okay, forcing, okay. forcing values up. But we're trying to target newer buildings with a light value-add touch rather yep. than... It's built in the 1960s where there's potential for a heavy value, a heavy lift, but yep. you also have risk associated with that because it's that, an old, with older plumbing and older electrical. The other thing, the other advantage that we find with these newer buildings is the demographic that you're dealing with tends to be a little bit better. So what you tend to find is that in an older building, you're probably more likely to have bad debt issues you're probably more likely to have tenants who are reliant on government assistance for their rent. When we're looking at these newer buildings, it's a generalization, but we're probably dealing with less bad debt and less people who are reliant on government assistance. And that that helps with the project as well. It means that we don't have to allow for as much economic vacancy. Um, and it just makes the, the, the project more stable. I guess it reduces the risk. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I always say I, I would prefer to have less headache than I would higher, higher return. I think the headache, you know, you got to have a return, you got to have a high return, but, um, if I'm choosing between adding more return or more headache, it's just, or less headache, I would definitely choose the the ones that are easier to manage ones that you're not going to have as much of a a problem with. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. At the end of the day, it should be about risk adjusted returns. So in one of our projects, we might have a cash on cash return of say seven or eight percent. Another project on an old building in a smaller tertiary market could legitimately have an expected cash on cash return of 12%. That's fine, but it's a riskier proposition. So from an investor's point of view, do you want to invest in the high risk, high return option or a lower risk, lower return option? So our, our focus is on that lower risk, lower return proposition. And, and our aim as business owners is just to do that really well and stick to our criteria. Nice. I love that. And I like that you guys are focusing. We've said it so many times on the show here. If you, if you bounce around, if you choose um, to do 100 different asset types, 100 different you know, business models, then you never get excellent at one. And that's where the true, true passion, the true return on your investment comes from is just really getting excellent at a specific asset class, a specific business model. So you guys have found it in your business, uh, multifamily, newer builds. Um, love to hear that. I did just take a peek at the clock. We've already gone through our 15 minute time. So I do have to push us off into the quick question round. Are you ready? Absolutely. Let's go. All right. It starts with books or any form of education, really. Um, so if you could give me two you know, forms, it could be YouTube, it could be podcast books, whatever you want. 
Give me two forms, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate specific. Um, I listen to podcasts. I also read books. So two books that that I really enjoyed. Um, it all started with Robert Kiyosaki. So Rich Dad mm. Border, Astro Quadrant. I'd, I'd say that my go-to is from a real estate point of view. Um, I really enjoyed a book called The Great Rat Race Escape by MJ DeMarco. It's not real estate specific, but it's it's more business owner specific, and it kind of follows that Kiyosaki philosophy about really if you want to get ahead, you you should be owning a business, not working for someone else. So that nice. was a great. I love it. I'm gonna have to. That's the first person. You are the first person who's recommended that one. So uh, that's <laughs> that's good. We're like 200 something episodes in. So you're <laughs> that's a, that's something to be said about that. All right, moving on. This one is for habits. Um, habits form the foundation of our life. So if you could point to one thing you do day in and day out that you feel contributes the most to your overall health, well-being, happiness, and success, what would that be? I have a pretty solid morning routine mm-hmm. and really feel better when I do it. Or I should when I don't do it, I something's missing. So having that fixed morning routine where I get up and follow the same patterns, focus on a bit of exercise, a bit of thinking about the outcomes that I want for the day, thinking about some of my goals in the long term. Um, I love doing that every morning and that sets up my day just right. Morning routines are crucial. Um, I'm the same way. If I don't do it, especially it just really, it's just exercise for me. If I don't exercise, everything's wrong. Yeah. The day is, is yep. it's gone to shit. Um, <laughs> next question. This one is. I lost my place there. Let me find it. There you go. For your younger self. So if you could go back to the Warren who, you know, was still in the W2, um, had no, had no experience in real estate, go to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. It'd be, I'm sure this is common advice, but get started earlier. Mm, there's, no, yep. there's never a need to wait. Just dive in. That so, is definitely not the first time, but it is always very pertinent advice is get started earlier the sooner you get started, the the sooner you can say, I wish I started earlier. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Next one. Um, you've actually already mentioned this one a little bit, and uh, but it's about the United States. There's plenty of areas to invest out there, um, which means there's uh, something to choose. There's a lot of decisions to be made. So what area in the US are you most excited about putting your hard-earned dollars? For me, it's Florida. I live in South Florida. Um, we invest a lot in Central and Northern Florida. It's, it's great. There are so many people moving to the state, so many conditions that are just conducive for investments performing well. So I'm all about Florida. Perfect. I've heard that a lot too. Florida is, uh, is a great place to be investing. And I actually just went there the first time um, two months ago and it was, uh, it was nice. I live in Seattle. So we're, we're, uh, we're, whenever there's warmth and sun, we're like, shit, this is the best place ever. Yeah, absolutely. Great time. <laughs> as well. Yep. All right. And that leads us to the very last question. You've given us a lot of good advice about multifamily. I'm sure people want to reach out. What is the best way for them to do that? Best way would be to check out our website, equityyieldgroup.com. And you can contact us from there. You can sign up for our newsletter. Keep in touch that way. Perfect. Equityyieldgroup.com. I will put that in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Warren, go ahead and click a little more in the description. It'll pop down that full description in there. You can find the URL. Or you can just remember equityyieldgroup.com. So Warren, thank you very much for hopping on the show. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much.
All right. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe, at the real estate investing club.com. Other than that, as always, hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and were able to pull some actionable advice that you can go home with and apply to your own investing business. Before you go, I have a gift for you. If you're a new investor looking to get started or an established investor looking to take your business to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you available on the website. This ebook will cover how I was able to create both active and passive income in real estate with very little money to start with. In it, I will address the three most often cited obstacles new and veteran investors run into by showing you how to find a deal that's actually a deal, how to finance that deal with little to no money down, and how to exit a deal for maximum value. And if you get the ebook today, I'm going to bury you in bonuses, seven of them to be exact. First, you'll get the off-market lead generation blueprint, which will take you through the exact systems processes we use to generate off-market leads like clockwork, which is the most important skill when it comes to creating real wealth in real estate. Then you'll get the A to Z REI systems and vendors guide, which will allow you to peek under the hood of our business and see the exact tools and systems and even the vendors we use to grow our business. After that, you will get the top 100 best performing keywords pack, which will give you the exact keywords we use to target leads online and generate leads without having to lift a finger. Next, you'll get the contracts bundle for wholesaling and renting real estate, which will give you access to all of the contracts we use in the field to execute all types of transactions. After that, you'll get the investor's quick analysis calculator and offer tool, which will allow you to quickly calculate whether a deal is an actual deal and will allow you to create an offer automatically from those calculations. Next up, we'll give you the Investor's Daily Success Tracker, which is a tracker you can use to ensure you are taking the right actions day in and day out to reach your financial goals in real estate. And finally, you will get the Wholesaler's Template for Quick Assignment Cash, which will give you the templates we use to present our wholesale deals professionally and efficiently to our buyers. I know that is a ton of things to say. I'm glad you were able to stick with it. Uh, so you'll get both the ebook and all of those seven free bonuses when you download the ebook today. All we charge is the admin cost to run the show. So if you are interested in the ebook and the bonus bundle, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Click on get the ebook bundle at the top of the page and take advantage of that deal. With that housekeeping item covered, I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day and even better week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, 
go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.